Kira and welcome to CIO Leadership Live. I'm your host, Kathy O'Sullivan, editor for CIO New Zealand. And my guest today is Bill Moses. Bill is the Chief Digital Officer at Takawa Mataho, the Public Service Commission. Morena, Bill, how are you doing today? Hi, Kathy, I'm good. Uh, tēnā tātou. Um, ko ruahinei te monga, te rune tākunako, ko tutaikuri to awe mahia, nei aku maharahara. Uh, no Herotonga Aho, Ke Te Fanganui Atara, Oe Noho Ana, Ko Wurumu Tokoingo, uh, Ko Te Apia Matamo, Pauranga Takaturanga Mahi, Ke Te Kao Mataho Aho Mahiana. Um, thank you very much for your time, and it's um, great to um, meet with you. Kiora, lovely, beautiful introduction. So, can you tell us a little bit more about your role at Takaha Mataho, the Public Service Commission, and a little bit more on uh, what your team does there? It's a really good question. I've been thinking about the answer to this one for quite a while. Um, so I work for the public service. I work within the public service. And the public service is there to support the government um, in implementing its policies and to deliver services to New Zealanders. And the public service itself is united by something called the spirit of service. So the public service commission itself, Takamataho, has a role to guide the public service through these standards and we act as a custodian of the structure of the public service. So in doing that, we will play roles such as um, um, re recruiting and um, managing performance of chief executives within the public service, that sort of thing. Uh, my, my role personally within the within the public service commission the public service um i think of it as um firstly just making sure that the public service commission itself has all the technology and systems it's, it needs to perform this critical role but i also play a wider system role um within the public service uh, I, I i chair the government cio forum for example bringing um, digital leaders together across the public service and i work quite closely with the government chief digital office as well so quite a broad role and, you know, you, you obviously get exposed to a lot of other um, government departments. Mm -hmm. And before you um, took up your role as chief digital officer, you also have experience working in the private sector as well. So I imagine um, transformation is not a new thing to you, given given your experience. So can you talk us through um, a little bit about, you know, how, how transformation has shaped your career? Um, so I was thinking about it again, transformation uh, for me personally is if I think about um, we transform within the Public Service Commission the system to enable ourselves to do that. So that's across the whole public service. To enable ourselves to do that, we need to make sure that the organisation is fit for purpose. So we, we, tr we think about transforming the organisation and you, as a digital leader, you, you go through and you transform the organisation and you play a leadership role when it comes to digital. But before you can do either of those massive jobs, you have to think about um, what that means for yourself and whether or not you're actually prepared for those types of leadership roles. So that comes down to um, transforming yourself. So I'm thinking about my career through the the public, through the private sector, where I was part of some big transformation projects, and then um, the, the transformation projects that we were leading on behalf of government agencies. And during that role that I played, um, I thought maybe I could do a little bit better for New Zealand if I was actually within the public service. So I think my career has gone from leading digital aspects of transformation 
into leading system aspects of transformation. And I'm hoping that I've been able to transition that experience I've had from the private sector into the public sector and what I'm doing at the moment. So just on that experience that you've had, you know, when you walk back from that end product of transformation, whether it's a new system or product or whatever you're implementing, what do you think are some of the key steps CIOs must take along the way? You know, is there ever something that will truly kick off a transformation? Um, I prefer in my organizations to think of an evolution. So the word transformation is is very, you know, we're going to get this thing started because something has happened to require us to transform. And transforming to me is a is a very um visceral term where everybody thinks, okay, we're we're in a we're in a situation at the moment where things are going wrong and we need to transform them so that we get into a state where things are going right. I, I prefer to think now that we're more in an evolutionary um, situation within organizations where we can slowly evolve ourselves, the structure of the organization, the way in which teams work, our processes and our procedures, and and the technology can move alongside that. So um, in terms of big transformations, yes, there are a number of agencies out there that do big transformation projects, but I think that's, that's mostly because they've found themselves in a situation where that that evolution of change hasn't actually happened for them. So with any change, there's, you know, challenges. Um, Are there any challenges or roadblocks that you think of um, in a transformation that CIOs should be mindful of and if possible should try to avoid along the way? Um, that's right. The role of the CIO, I've talked to many, many people about this um, in, in my role and my roles in the past and the interactions I have across the public service. So as a digital leader, we need to understand um, project management and change management and procurement and vendor management, financial security, governance. It's all of these things all meshed in together. But for, in terms of transformation and leading transformation within uh, within an organisation, pr- private sector or public sector, I think uh, you need to have a really good understanding of what the organisation does. So uh, a, a roadblock for you as a digital leader would be, for an example, you don't understand the key goals of the organisation. So if you're just leading a digital transformation or a technology transformation, it's going to fail because people aren't being brought along for the journey. You know, the, the old saying, you've got to bring um, uh, put bring people onto the onto the bus type of thing. And in an organisation where you are doing a transformation or leading a large project, and it does have a digital component, a lot of the leaders within the organisation, a lot of the managers and the staff will look to you as a digital leader for some sort of guidance, vision, you know, where are you taking us? So you sort of need to have that 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 type of um, mindset with you as well. Um, so you need to. So a roadblock. If you don't understand the goals of the organisation, your change won't be successful. Absolutely, yeah, it's essential, isn't it, to be aligned to the the, the purpose and the goals of the organisation. So you mentioned there that you know transformation is an evolution. So do you think there's ever an end date to it, or do you? Um, is it just ongoing? You never see it as just a project with deadlines and milestones. I mean, what's the benefit of that evolution approach rather than that, you know, closed project approach where people know, okay, tick, we've done that. 
keeping yourself updated with current trends and it, and it could be it could be business trends it could be organizational structure tr- trends and how um how digital is going to support those so it's a it's a really good idea just to keep yourself up to date with current technologies and for me that could be just watching a couple of youtube channels which is ultra ultra geeky on a saturday morning um just to know what's going on say in office 365 at the very least you want to know that um in in the next couple of weeks um the way that look on people everybody's screens is going to be totally different which has happened in the last couple of weeks and it freaks people out so um it's one of these things where you need to keep abreast of current technologies and then you you are sort of um, acting as the as the vision holder for digital within your organization and in some cases that might actually um, lead some organizational um uh, projects or goals or visions as well so because people want to know that you understand um, digital and you understand the technology elements, they want to come and ask you for advice. So it's the sort of thing where you would go to a governance board and you would say, you know, these technologies coming up or this this trend in telephony is coming and we just need to be prepared for it. So that's the type of thing that they expect from you as a digital leader. So how do you think the role of CIO, um, particularly in government organizations, has changed since the pandemic? I like to think that we are working more closely together. Um, we've gone from a state where uh, organisations, um, pu- public and private sector, Kathy, w- had their own technology sets and they were quite comfortable with their technology sets. And sure, we're all working working up to a state where we would like um, our organisations to be able to work remotely and work from home. Within the, public's, within the public sector, there was a cabinet mandate to enable that and that was progressing just before the pandemic hit. But the pandemic came and as digital leaders we need to make sure our organizations were prepared and able to work from home so raising the 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 technology maturity within the organization is something that we all had to do so fast forward a couple of years now we're in a state where i think we're actually we're actually at a, a nice um, level where we can all start to take advantage of the fact that we're all at this technology level where we might have good identity services, we might have good office productivity tools, which can actually expand outside of our organizational boundaries. And we can start to collaborate and talk to each other in digital means, you know, I'm a digital leader in digital means. Um, so we just need to just take that little step further, which is can I can I trust you? Can you trust me? And how how can we expand that within the public service? Obviously, that's my mandate. How can we expand that and just make it work for all of the kaimahi, all of the the people that are working with our own organisations? So, well, I think we're in a, actually quite an exciting time, and we should just take advantage of that. Yeah, it is an exciting time, and the role is ever changing. So, what do you think are some of the key attributes when it comes to a successful modern day CIO, especially when it comes to leadership? Uh, understanding modern trends. Uh, I mean, we're talking about technology because we're a digital leader, and that's what our organisations expect from us. But I see, um, I see a lot of digital leaders out there that don't come from technology backgrounds. And it's interesting. I was talking to our chief people officer this morning. Um, I, I personally think that she would make a good technology leader. She doesn't need to have a technology background. You know, you you surround yourself with people that that have skills in areas where you uh, potentially have gaps. But the the role of the Chief Digital Officer um, or CIO, like I said before, you need to have aspects of um, 
uh, financial management, you need to really understand how um, capital uh, works in a budget and operating expense. And, you know, that's something that other roles within the organisation might not necessarily know. Um, change management and project management, these are quite cr critical skills within a chief digital officer. I personally love technology. I like to be able to plug um, cables and wires and all that sort of thing. And, and that's what I enjoy in my role. But like I said, you don't necessarily have to have that. But I think that um, you need to hold a vision for the organization when it comes to digital, because that's what the organization wants you to do. That's what the organization needs you to do. Um, and you mentioned earlier around people um, in these roles now not coming from a technology background. And that, I think, is a, a fascinating change in the last few years. Um, and I'm interested to hear your views on why you think we don't have enough diversity in IT roles. I mean, there's very few women CIOs um, in New Zealand. There's We're getting more every year. But again, it's, it's pretty low compared to the number of men in these roles. Um, so what practical things do you think can be done to encourage more people from different backgrounds or different ways of thinking, whether it be neurodiverse communities or people from more Maori and Pacifica backgrounds? How can we get more people from different backgrounds into IT? We think about it as a um, a nationwide or a global problem. Um, it's it's so much more difficult to actually think of a solution. So okay, let's let's nut it down. Let's come down to what we actually have influence over. So what can what can I do as a digital leader in my sphere of influence to make a difference? Um, I think that personally, um, maybe over the last. 10, 15, 20 years, how old am I now, where I've been a digital um, leader, I'd like to think that, say, um, gender diversity within my teams has been around 50-50. Um, and at the moment, um, gender diversity within my team is absolutely 50-50. I think about it, I think it's actually more, um, we, ha we have more women in my team than we do men. But what, what other influences do I have which could um, flip that needle just a little bit further? Um, last year, I was um, privileged to lead a um, chat um, amongst public service, which was um, women and digital in the public service. And that was um, led from the CIO forum. But we had the biggest attendance um, ever of an of a online CIO forum. There were 80 or 90 people. And what was great about this was that um, we had uh, uh, female CIOs within the public service come and tell their story just how they got to their role, um, maybe the challenges or the exciting bits of how they got to the, to the positions they were in and a way to actually um, guide um, others that were feeling in a similar position and what they need to do um, in their roles to, to, to make that, that leap or just to, they might be ready. There's a lot of um, uh, female digital, female leaders in the public service that I know that are absolutely ready for these roles, but they just, just don't see themselves into those roles. Not like, guys would do where it's like hell yeah I'll, I'll just give it a go um but i i see um uh women leaders for example in the public's public service and digital for example they might not feel like they can apply for those roles unless they tick all of the boxes um which is quite common so if i if i then come back to what i was talking about my sphere of influence how can i bring my team along for governance meetings senior leadership meetings leadership and, and projects other opportunities that i'm seeing can I um, encourage them to go and do those roles? If we're talking about um, other types of diversity, um, the Public Service Commission uh, is 
I'm, I'm blessed to work here when it comes to cultural um, diversity. We have um, quite a bit of that here and the um, the richness that I get out of my job and the interactions I have with our kaimahi is just is just amazing. And if you find yourself in a position where you're given those types of opportunities, I would just honestly um, take them, put your hand up, volunteer for those types of um, situations as much as you possibly can. Yeah, that 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 brings me to my other question, which is around internal culture, and um, because as you know, there is you know still quite a lot of competition for talent at the moment. Although you know we are seeing uh, internationally, obviously um, Microsoft, Google, Meta are, are laying off staff at the moment, but there still seems to be um, a shortage of 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 talent here in New Zealand. So how do you create that internal culture that really helps people thrive and feel like they're really connected to the work of the Public Service Commission? I have a small team. I, I have had in, in the past, I've had large teams. Um, large teams, you need to be really, really structured about how you approach cultural development. Um, and that's going out and, and maybe surveying your staff. I mean, you've got if you've got more than just a handful of people that you that you can get around in a day, you might need to send out um, just a, a little survey. And in those bigger teams, it was once every 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 fortnight. It's based on the jobs you're doing at the moment. Are you okay? So so not okay. And if you're not okay, is there anything that we can do about it? That's that's a quick and easy way for you to actually get a feel for how your team is going. This is larger teams, all right? I moved from the larger teams down down to smaller teams, and I tried to to do that as well. I thought, you know, what worked here is going to work over here. And that absolutely did not. The smaller team says, what are you doing? Just come and talk to us. I was thinking, yeah, actually, that makes a lot of sense. There. Why, why do I have to send out a survey and come and have a chat to you? Um, so if, if, with the smaller teams, you, you, you get out and, and people want to see you. They want to have a chat to you. Um, they, want to, they want to hear you ask how your weekend um, was or how your family is. So there's a little bit about um, management by walking around and just asking. Um, with, within my smaller team at Takao Matahol, um, my 2IC, Melitza, is very good at bringing the team together much, much better than I am. So I, I, I love letting her organise our team building events. Um, and it's around what we appreciate um, of each other, the skills and diversity that we bring to the team. And um, just we share that on little bits of paper and then we pin it up onto a board. And it's just little little things like that that the team will look at every morning and they think, yeah, I, I like working here. We have a chat in the morning. We'll send around um, photos of um, sunrise where we're living in the day just to try and connect and communicate, especially now that some of us are, are working from home on one day, working in the office another day. Um, it's really, really important. And we've built up a different team culture here than I might have had at another organisation. But either way, those two um, situations and the way we've approached team culture um, has really, really worked. And I'm going to segue on to another little thing about something I'm quite passionate about this year, is then how can you use that as a personal brand to attract um, attract people? Like, could you use your brand in a way that we are doing now, Kathy, to actually show people what you're doing in your organisation? And then people that haven't actually thought about working for Takama Taho, an organisation of 200 people, might say, well, actually, what Bill's saying is actually quite interesting. I'd be quite keen to go and have a coffee with him and learn a little bit more. So it's one of those things where you sort of need to foster your brand as well for um, for the future if you need to attract um, people to your organization because they're passionate about the passion that you bring to your role. 
Absolutely. You know, that that's one of the things I'm finding is um, often people don't understand what it is that SCIO does or what their teams do or, you know, the awesome things that they get to work on every day and the, the problems that they solve and the solutions that they come up with. So, yeah, I, I, I think that's definitely a, a something to, to, to reflect on here at CIO. So when you look back on your own career, Bill, are there any kind of um, mistakes or things that you've done that when you reflect on them, they, even though they might uh, be painful to reflect on, they really shaped you as a leader? So in your organization, um, I think people appreciate that you have a calm approach to any situation. So um, I, I constantly get comments, I can't believe you're so calm, you know, this this situation is happening all around us, but you know, you know what to do and you're doing this thing. But literally within my head, I might be, I might literally be screaming and going, what what, what am I doing? How am I going to solve this? Like, you know, the hot, the, the, the duck, um, just calmly gliding across the water, but underneath the legs are going like this. Um, so in terms of um, every day I make mistakes, um, my team tell me when I make mistakes, they keep me grounded. Um, sometimes they're like an, they're, they're, an, they're an anchor that just stops me from floating away and going and talking about lots of things and my head in the clouds and that sort of stuff. So um, in, in terms of um, mistakes I've made in the past, um, I think that involving um, more emotion in my role is quite critical if you can get wound up in the technology, you can get really wound up in the technology and the delivery and the projects. And it's a very mechanical task. You know, there is an answer. This is the answer. All right. You've got to get to that answer. Um, and you, you run the risk of focusing more on the technology at the expense of the emotional aspects of your role. People, um, you're, you're responsible for the whole organization, not just your technology team the, and the way that they engage with the technology, but people get a, an emotional, um, reaction to things that they work with and when you're talking about a laptop for example or a computer everything that they do during the day has some interaction with that machine if that goes wrong then their whole day their whole working environment just sort of falls apart so i think um something i've learned or a mistake that i've made in the past that i've learned from is my role is not just about the hard technology aspects it's about the the eq the customer experience the digital experience and how i can make people's day um work life a lot better through the influence that i have within my role yeah absolutely that's a that's a fantastic way of putting it and um, so you do have you know um quite you know quite a lot of experience so what has been some of the best career advice you've ever received um, I've had a lot of mentors. I have spoke to a lot of people um, in my role um, and I've learned from a lot of people. If I see them doing something really, really cool, um, I'll go and have a chat with them. The, the CIO 100 or the CIO 50, um, I'll go and, and have a chat to to the people that are named in, in those lists, um, Kathy, has been quite an important aspect in my career just to go and learn from those people. You know, how did they get to the top 50, top 100, well, you know, what do they do? What can I learn from that? So I've loved doing that sort of thing, just going out and talking to people. And I tell you what, if you're if you're young, younger in your career, earlier in your career, um, don't think that they won't talk to you. They all want to talk to you and they want to share the things that they've done. 
One of the things I learned earlier in my career, when I had one of my first leadership roles, um, I was a team leader in government superannuation, and I was leading a team of um, older, all, all women, older women, and um, I had gone through my team leader training, and I knew exactly what I was going to do. We're doing performance reviews, and I was like, Ruth, okay, we need to sit down and do the performance review. You need to tell me what your career goals are. You know, what are you going to do in the next year, in the next five years, in the next 10 years? And she just sat there and looked at me, and she said, well, I'm in my late 50s. She said, some people just want to do the job. They want to come in at 8.30. They want to leave at five o'clock and they just want to do their job. They're not all like you. <laughs> that was, so that's true. all she needed to say. All she needed it's to say. It's so true. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of my biggest learnings, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. So what have, you know, you mentioned there about reaching out to people that, um, you know, maybe are on the CIO 50. Is there any other advice you give to um, aspiring IT leaders? Um, uh, uh, ask for career journeys. Everybody's journeys are different. I um, I used to think that a career journey was linear. You know, I had to do this and then this and then this and then this. I remember I'm going to a... Um, a CIO conference and hearing from Savannah Peterson, um, savvy millennial. Um, some of you might have heard from her. And then I don't know whether or not she coined the phrase, but it was the um, the wiggly line. And um, the, the 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 reason for explaining the wiggly line was um, her, her career path had taken this um, this journey that sort of went like this. And I think all of our journeys, uh, all of our career journeys, take the same sort of path. If something pops up an opportunity will pop up and it's not on your career plan. Have a serious think about it. Get some advice from others that might have been there, done that. And if it looks really interesting and exciting and it broadens your experience, then just take it. It might not it, it might not be on the immediate path, but it will lead you down that path. Excellent advice. Um, so finally, Bill, you know, it, 2023 is going to be a busy one, especially for anyone working in the public service with, you know, an election coming up. We also have the headwinds of possibly um, a recession coming our way. What's important to you in the months ahead? We are running a couple of big projects that will um, eventually involve the entire public service. So for me, it's about how can I bring the public service together um, digitally? So, you know, how, how can we integrate our identity services? How can we get public servants talking to each other? They all, they're all desperate for us to do this. And as technologists, we know that it's possible. We know that it's possible. So we just need to trust each other. So how, how can I enable that within my job and, my, uh, and the scope of influence that I have, working with the government chief digital office as well, and with um, building services and GPG at MB. There are a couple of big projects that I can't mention just at the moment, but they have the potential of bringing the public service together in ways that we probably haven't had the opportunity to do before. So I'm quite excited about that. So that's going to take up a majority of 2023 for me. Fantastic. Well, we, we look forward to watching with interest with how they go. Bill Moses, kia ora for your time today. Kia ora, Kathy.